listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, that is correct, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are here for yet another edition of Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In studio with me here, Dan O'Drummond. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yes, doing well. Deagle Vender. What's going on? And we have a mic set up for Chuckles O'Toole. Oh, he's not here. Okay, but it's set up for him. And special guest in the line from uh, the lovely confines of British Columbia and the, uh, what's it called? EA Sports Facility. (laughs) Ty Aoway. Ty, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. Happy to be back. Happy to have you back. Uh, Ty is a, as a little a good, regular as a good friend of ours from uh, from previous episodes. And we're going to uh, go down that pathway with Ty once again on the show. We've got a lot of things coming your way, hopefully. Uh, obviously, the reintroduction of Ty and uh, his uh, fundraising venture that he does every year. And uh, and, and, the, and the, the hopes that we are getting out early today with that fundraising topic so we can actually um, maybe help to facilitate more people coming out, uh, more people get involved. We're going to have a little segment on the rumors of management in sackings in Europe and talking something about something happened this week. Uh, huh? <laughs> oh. Some, geez, something happened. And, and Ty uh, is going to uh, help us elaborate on that. And Ty, we'll talk a little bit about his trip. He was just in Europe for a um, trip of a lifetime, a trip of a yeah. lifetime. So let's get started with you, Ty. Um, give us a little bit of the background of yourself again. And, uh, you know, how you know, Dano, because I know it's you and Dano were pretty close and grew up playing uh, some footy together. And, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, hey, blow by blow, off you go. Cool. Let's dive into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quick recap. Um, I met Dano playing college soccer at uh, McEwen. Uh, don't really want to age us now because it seems <laughs> like that was forever ago. But it's a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah. Once upon a time, we played together at McEwen. Um, yeah. So we played together, and then um, we played men's together for uh, Edmonton Scottish in Major League, and. Again, don't want to age us because that seems like forever ago now, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got to know him a little bit more over the years. And um, we've actually supported two rival teams. So somehow this friendship ended up working. Yeah. With him being a Spurs supporter and me being an Arsenal man. So. It's very mature of us, Ty. It's very mature of us. <laughs> and I'm not going to take anything out on him this week. So <laughs> I'll let you guys do the talking on that one. Um but yeah, I've known him for probably a good 10 years or so now. And he's, uh, mm. he's helped me through some tough times and it's helped me through some tough times on the field too. And just in life in general. So no, it's been good. He's a really good guy. And I'm happy to be back on the line chat and all you guys. Oh, that's awesome. I wish the rest of the guys in, in the studio here <laughs> thought the same way about Dano. But <laughs> wow. Tough crowd. Time. No, no. <laughs> we love our Dano as much as everyone else does too. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, Dano was alluding to, um, a trip you just went on, Ty. Uh, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on this trip because it involved a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different stadiums and a bunch of different games. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about that too. Um, it's funny actually because I'd actually been bugging Dano to try and get over there on one of these trips for a little while now. Um, uh-huh. Life comes calling, so it's been a little tough for him to yeah. bring that together. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's been, it was something I've been looking to do for a while. Um, I'd actually never seen, um, 
a competitive uh, game over in Europe. I've seen some preseason fixtures and whatnot, but never actually um, a league, league fixture. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So atmosphere is completely different for those. So I just made an, I'm always made an effort to kind of find the time to go over there and do it. Um, so I'd always been checking like week after week, like over the past year or so for, I guess, weeks where I could catch more than just one game. So instead of just flying over there to watch an Arsenal game or just like a big uh, Champions League game or something like that, like go during a week where I can catch like more than a few games. And that week kind of came to fruition uh, at the start of this month. So I had a friend that um, kind of messaged me, a friend I grew up playing soccer with uh, back in Fort McMurray. Um, he had said the same thing. He's like, if you can find a time that works with like a bunch of games so we can see a lot of different teams, just let me know and I'll try and swing it. So it's about two weeks out from the end of October. I was kind of just going through the routine again and then just kind of seeing where the games fell. Mm-hmm. And the real turning point for this one, I guess, was um, PSG had a fixture move to a Friday night over in, uh, well, just outside of Paris. Um, so that actually made the whole trip kind of line up where we could catch seven games in 10 days. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Seven games, 10 yeah. days. Oh my word. Seven games in 10 days, uh, four different countries, 10 <laughs> different cities. Um, yeah. A it's lot like of amazing travel. race soccer version. That's, that's <laughs> epic. soccer. Amazing exactly. race. I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess to take a quick run through the fixtures and we can dive into the game afterwards. Um, so it started off with that uh, PSG game that I mentioned. Uh, they played on Friday, I guess it would have been November the 1st. They played a team named Jean just outside of Paris. Uh-huh. So that was the Friday night. And then Saturday, Juventus played Torino in um, the City Derby. Um, wow. Derby della Mola, I think it's called. Um, so that was Saturday night in Italy. And then <laughs> Sunday, there was an option to go to a game. We didn't end up going to it, but it was uh, AC Milan versus Lazio in Milan. Um, Monday was a rest day. Uh, <laughs> You're going to need yeah. those in there. Yeah, you need to squeeze those in. Tuesday was uh, Barcelona versus Slavia Prague in the Champions League. Where was and that? Then, in Spain. That was in, in Spain. In oh, Barcelona. my gosh. What? So then... Uh, Wednesday, somehow this lined up. Madrid played at home in the Champions League against Galatasaray. So <laughs> that was the Wednesday. Then Thursday, United played at home to uh, Partizan Belgrade in Europa League. And then in another rest day. Yeah, in England. And then um, we had uh, another rest day on the Friday. And then Saturday, it was off to Leicester to watch Arsenal play Leicester City. Nice. And then, God. Yeah, and then Sunday was the big one, City versus Liverpool. City, uh, Liverpool. Cherry on Anfield. top. Jeez. Yeah. That what is insane. And he had not been to a competitive game in Europe. That, <laughs> what a way to get inducted into yeah. the game in that level. Holy crap, Ty. Yeah. That's fantastic. So you just have a backpack yeah. and you just rolled her out? How, 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 that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, yeah. I just left with a backpack and then, because there was so much traveling, I didn't want to have a suitcase yeah. and a whole bunch of stuff to lug around. So who cares um, if you stink, you just, you just go, it's, it's what you're going for. I was looking like a cartoon character, same outfit every single day, <laughs> but it's a new country. Um, it doesn't matter. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah. So the trip started with us flying into Paris and then we took a train out from Paris to Dijon for that, uh, for the first game. And PSG actually ended up losing to Dijon, which was kind of crazy to see 
Wow. Yeah, it was cool to be in because uh, the team was actually last in uh, their bottom of the table. Oh wow! Oh, so yeah. wow! Did so, you pick? Did you pick up any mustard while you were there? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke that's been going around. Of course. So um, last beat first, then pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. So wow. and it was at uh, Dijon was a home team, so the stadium is a lot smaller than if we were to go to a PSG mm-hmm. home picture. So I saw some of the crazy. pictures. Yeah, it was wild. It was. Um, so they started off the game quite well, actually. Like they were peppering uh, PSG with shots, and me and my friend kind of looked at each other and we're like, "This couldn't happen, could it?" But um, <laughs> they definitely started the game stronger, and then um, PSG just hit on the break, and Mbappe scored um, to make it one nothing. So it was cool to see him score in person mm-hmm. too. Um, and then right before halftime, Dijon uh, tied it up, and then uh, right after halftime, they went up two one. Wow! And we're just kind of thinking like maybe like are they going to be able to pull up? Like there's still a whole half to go. And um, they kind of sat back. PSG came at them. They missed a ton of chances, but they held on. And then the ground just absolutely exploded. Like that's awesome. It has to be my first, first game to go to. It was kind of wild. Like you don't expect to see an upset. Like, no, not like no. That. And the excitement that you'd have felt just being in the stadium, listening and you know, the sh- shivers you get from the crowds going ballistic is just too much to ask for. No, for sure. The shivers from it actually pouring rain outside. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. But you're used to that being in yeah. BC. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We won't go there. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was um, that was a cool way to start the trip off. And then we actually took an overnight uh, bus into Italy from France, and then hopped on a train into. Uh, Turin and uh, we got there pretty early so we actually got a chance to kind of sit down and watch uh, the EPL fixtures throughout the day as well nice. um, I think Arsenal ended up tying that day United lost and then I'll assume Spurs lost Dan wow. <laughs> just make the assumption go ahead <laughs> um, so yeah we caught those games throughout the day and then um, went to the Torino versus Juventus game at night Um Again, that was a cool atmosphere because it was the city derby and um, it was Juventus was the away team. So you kind of got to see the underdog uh, go at it again. And uh, the atmosphere is crazy. It took us forever to get into the stadium because there was a ton of security. Um, but yeah, that game ended up 1-0. I think it was DeLict that scored in probably the 60th or so. So, um, but you got to see Ronaldo was, play, which was cool. Saw those pictures. Yeah, no. yeah it was really cool. Um and we were actually, we actually had really good seats. So it was actually, we were right behind the Juventus bench. So, um, Holy. we got to see him. Yeah. Really, really close. And yeah, it was cool. Like just the way that he moves on the field and whatnot. Like you see it, you see it on TV, but it's really cool to see in person. As Reminded well. you of me a bit. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> from, from the glory days. Yeah. yeah sorry, dad. Oh, I didn't mean to laugh. At you. <laughs> well, it, was meant, it was meant to be, it was meant to get a chuckle out of somebody. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh. There you go. So then, yeah, and then the Sunday we uh, we left Turin and went to Milan. And as I mentioned before, there was Milan was playing Lazio that day. But Milan, it was actually a really cool city. So we ended up just kind of skipping the game and just kind of checking out the city. Nice. Um, yeah, the game ended up actually being the game ended up being pretty good. Actually, they well Milan lost, but it was a late winner by Lazio. So it would have been cool to see that. Um, especially I didn't realize it at the time, but I guess they're tearing, tearing down the San Siro as well. So, um, yeah, yeah Ty, a little tidbit in 2012, I went to, I think Turin and saw Juventus play in their brand new stadium at the time. 
And then we yeah. also went to Inter Milan, and I don't remember who they were playing at the time, but that was in the San Siro, which was cool to be in that stadium. Very old. You could feel it in the stands. Um, yeah. But it was 5-4. So an Italian wow. league match, 5-4. Wow. Like, like yeah, it felt like a video game. It That's was crazy. crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. I, that was actually one of the things with our trip, too, is we wanted to see goals. and um, So we got three in the first game, uh, one in that uh, Juventus game. Um, and then actually when we went to the Barcelona game, that was a game where we kind of thought like, if there's going to be goals, it'll yeah. be in this game against uh, Slavia Prague. And when we booked it, we said that, but then I, the week, two weeks before they played away to Slavia. And I think the game finished two, one, maybe. And Slavia was in it the whole way. Mm. I think Slavia actually went up one nil. So after seeing that, we figured it was going to be a close game back at the cap new. And, um, yeah, that game actually ended up zero, zero, but again, yeah. seeing Messi in person, was um kind of insane like totally. every time he got the ball the stadium was just buzzing like the expectation was just something else like even in warm-up when he was just taking shots like you could just hear the crowd just doing it on so yeah no you've seen two of the yeah. greatest of all times in a, a week yeah Crazy. yeah <laughs> i couldn't even Crazy. fathom that three days <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, and that's when, when we sorry that, oh, that stadium in, at, in barcelona too must have been just uh packed jam-packed as well right yeah yeah it was incredible like um you see it on tv but um that seeing it in person as well like and touching on anfield later like you go into some of these stadiums and like you see how they have such a good home record and then when you're actually in the stadium you understand why mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i think the camp new holds up to a hundred thousand i don't think it, was, it wasn't full that night but you could definitely tell that if it's a big champions league fixture like uh, a knockout stage fixture and that stadium's full like it's really tough for I team to go in there and get a result. And um, I know from the days when Arsenal used to play, glory days when Arsenal was in the <laughs> Champions League, and they had to go away to Barcelona, and I'd always hold out hope they were going to get a result. But being in the stadium and seeing like how packed that place can get, like you can you can see why it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the game was great. Messi had a lot of chances, and like even though it was a zero zero, like there was so much action in the game that. It wasn't the end of the world, but it was zero, zero zero games. When you go across the pond to watch a game, it's like, it's still a different class. It's just, everything about it is different. Right. So. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you were watching Ronaldo one day, then you're watching Messi the next. <laughs> it's like, Holy crap. You and, get the, and Mbappe the, the, and the day Mbappe, before. Exactly. You know, all these high end quality players that you get to see live TV, and see how yeah. they truly perform. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the thing, too, is only booked the trip. Neymar hadn't gotten hurt yet for PSG. So it was originally supposed to be Neymar, then Ronaldo, then Messi. Wow, wow. In four days. Wow. But, um, yeah, so then after that, we uh, stayed in Barcelona. We were in Barcelona for a couple of days. It's a great city, by the way. It's an yeah. amazing place. Um, and then we flew out to Madrid on the Wednesday morning. And then landed and then just kind of checked out the city for a little bit. Um, we didn't have a ton of time there. So we went to the stadium pretty early. And, um, again, the atmosphere at that stadium was incredible. Like that was this, the Madrid game was probably the experience, maybe not the experience, but the game that I probably enjoyed the most because nice. they just completely dominated from start to finish. Yeah, it was and, goals after goals. Hey, yeah. And Rodrigo had a youngest player ever score a hat trick in the champions league, I believe as well. Oh, that's which cool. is a cool thing to be there for. Um, but yeah, they just dominated. And the Galatasaray fans, like they traveled well. And you could see them all around the city the entire day. Mm-hmm. And from the first minute, you could just tell that Real Madrid were up for it. And 
just absolutely dominated them and fans are quiet and the, yeah, they just from start to finish. And it was just kind of crazy because you hear all this stuff about Madrid in the press, like they're not playing that well this year. Like they're out of form and all the stuff that's going on with Bale and like they kind of had an up and down season, but just to see them go out and just kind of control the game from start to finish, which is next level. Nice. So that was a cool experience. And then, yeah, then Thursday we flew um, from Spain to the UK, which you can imagine would be an interesting experience flying <laughs> from Madrid into Manchester. Um, I had a friend who we were meeting at the game in, uh, in Manchester uh, at Old Trafford uh, for the United game. And I told him what our travel plans were. And like he messaged me on the Thursday saying, uh, drink it in while you're in Spain because it's absolutely pouring rain in Manchester right now. <laughs> yeah, that's where you got to pack a little differently in your backpack, hey? Yeah. yeah. Shorts and then a, a rain suit. Exactly. So yeah, we landed there and it was, yeah, it was pouring rain. But yeah, we went straight over to Old Trafford because again, we flew in the afternoon and the game, game kicked off at I think seven o'clock local time mm-hmm. so we landed and then um dropped our stuff off at a uh, hotel and then just went right over to the stadium um again old track amazing stadium like you see it on tv all the time and then to actually go into the stadium and the thing that we were worried about was because it was Europa League picture and they're kind of sitting pretty comfortable in the group after the last result they'd gotten we thought they might play kind of the young kids mm-hmm. or just kind of like uh, a reserve team in a sort yeah um but they put out a really strong lineup. Like uh, Rashford was playing from the start. Martial was playing from the start. I think the only people that weren't playing that were regulars, uh, De Gea wasn't playing and Lindelof wasn't playing. Mm. And other than that, oh, and uh, Daniel James wasn't playing either. But other than that, they had everyone else playing. So they kind of dominated as well. It was kind of close for the first little bit. And then I think they scored midway through the first half. And I think they got a second in the first half and I think they got the third after halftime but great game stadium was not completely full again but the atmosphere was good and um, Partizan had traveling fans that made their presence known as well so that was a cool experience and then yeah Friday was uh, there was no no games on the Friday so Friday we a built, in, built in day off yeah yeah I'm sure you, I'm sure you could have found something in League One or Two or even the Championship <laughs> to go see if you really wanted. Or a to. pub side, you know, if you just needed to see another game. <laughs> just needed to get another <laughs> yeah. game. <in> there. <laughs> we should have done that. So, were you most um, looking forward to the Leicester game, just because it was your team, or were you, or were you pinning it on the City Liverpool game? No, I think for me it was always um, the Leicester Arsenal game because yeah, I'd seen Arsenal play preseason, but I hadn't. So I think okay. I messaged you that. <laughs> I think I messaged you that day as well, just kind of saying like it was crazy to actually be going to an Arsenal game and not just waking up at six in the morning to watch them on TV. No, totally. Um, and you had some you had some great seats in some of these games too. And then the Arsenal game was raining quite a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, the the Leicester Stadium again. I feel like I'm saying this whatever stadium. The stadium was great. The atmosphere is insane. Like they, they absolutely love that team. Mm-hmm. And then um, even seeing like some of the tributes they had to their former owner who passed away, it was kind of cool to see in person as well. Was that the game um, that they did the tributes? Uh, well, they did the tributes around, for, around uh, that time for like a month. Day. Right, right, right. Okay. But um, they still have like this picture up on like right on the side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I think they have like a memorial out front as well. So right. it was kind of uh, like more of a somber note, but to kind of see the impact they had on the club was, kind of cool to see mm-hmm. in person as well. Um, 
but yeah, the whole week, I think, yeah, I messaged you and I was saying, like, it's cool to be going to this game. And every single person I talked to, like, even when we talked to these people in different, uh, different cities about the kind of trip we were doing and whatnot, they all had kind of the same reaction. Like, how are you guys fitting all this in a week? <laughs> but then when, um, when I told them, like, they'd ask, like, what team I support? And I'd say Arsenal. And they'd say, like, oh, of course, you're going to try and go to the Arsenal game. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, who do they have? And I would say Leicester. And they, everyone had the same reaction. That's going to be a tough one for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Especially Every away from home. Said that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I kind of knew that going into it, but it's just the experience is kind of cool. And um, to be fair, Leicester kind of dominated the game too. The first half, Arsenal really sat back. They kind of came into it in the second half, but then that's kind of what left them open. Mm-hmm. And then I think Vardy scored the first goal and the ground just went crazy. Erupted, they absolutely yeah. loved him there. Yeah. yeah. And then Madison scored it the second one. The second goal was a great goal. And then again, they just went crazy. They're just in really good form right now, Lester. Yeah, no, they're, like do, they're doing really well. It's crazy to yeah. think with your trip, though. It's like we're listening to all these games and you're thinking, oh, that's a great game. And like, what a what a way to do a trip. And then you're like, oh, I got another game. Oh, sweet. That, I got another game. I got another game. <laughs> and then even after you think, like, I just saw Arsenal in the Premier League. It's not really going to get better. And then you go to City yeah. Liverpool. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing Anfield. seats, by the way. At Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was great. The view, like the whole, like, like I was saying before, the Madrid game is probably the game I was most impressed by, by the actual the soccer in the game. Mm-hmm. But um, the experience for City Liverpool was just next, next level. level. Yeah. Yeah. Like Anfield, again, like I said, with the Camp Nou, like I've seen Arsenal take a lot of beatings in Anfield. And like going into that game, that game was absolutely packed, completely full. The Leicester game was full too. Um, but the Liver, like the fans are just, insane like they when they sing uh you'll never walk alone yeah, before kickoff like goosebumps i'm sure yeah it was just crazy so was you knew three one yeah three one and you just knew that city was gonna have to do something special again anything under that game um so yeah that the experience and start to finish of that game was just something else um the goal fabinho scored the first goal and that goal was oh, yeah crazy Cracker. Was probably the best goal we saw you had an trip. amazing vantage point on like all the goals like i saw your seats and I was showing my family i'm just like it was it was yeah. perfect it was unbelievable yeah it was crazy and i actually got the i think it was the third goal i was trying to take a picture um when uh henderson was putting the cross in mm-hmm. so i like you know how the phones have like those emotion photos or whatever mm-hmm. i ended up getting uh money's diving header on film. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Crazy to look back on. Yeah. And then yeah. the funny thing is, I think, um, earlier in the week, Guardiola had called Mane a diver. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he scored with a diving, diving head. head uh, huh. Too funny. Yeah. Hey, listen. Um, hey, listen, Ty. We're gonna we're gonna take a short, quick break here, and we'll come back. We'll let you finish out the uh, European trip, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, footy for Fred. footy for Fred as well. Um, so just hang in there with us. It's great. We've got uh, Ty away on the line here. Uh, great friends with uh, Dano, and of course with uh, Soccer Talk in the park. Um, we're gonna take our first break here, and we will be right back again. Again, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. Mr. Lube. 
And we're back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Dan O'D. And on the line, Ty from uh, British Columbia, from the lovely confines of EA Sports. It's in the game. Uh, it's in the game. You're about to. I can tell. Uh, I wasn't. I actually wasn't. <laughs> I, I thought you were. No, you said it. It was like, hey, yeah, I should have <laughs> said that. But yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Ty's been filling us in on this unbelievable European soccer trip he was just on, and we got ourselves from France to Italy to Spain over to the UK, <laughs> and now we're touching or just finishing up touching on the Man City game that he went to see. I'm exhausted um, just just thinking about that trip. You know That's what? I, I, you know what? The thing I want to find out about Ty is how. I mean, obviously, you have to plan this out. You have to plan a trip like this out so it works. Um, but just the logistics of you talked about taking a bus into Italy and then a train from there to the stadium or the, the city you were going to. And, and did you, did you guys actually work out how you were going to get from place to place? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's the one thing I never really covered. That was once we got the places locked in, um, it kind of, the, the flow was actually kind of good. Like just going from France to Italy to Spain and then back to the UK and flying back Jeez. from London. Just like a lot I was just going to say, when you hear it, it's yeah, crazy. It's yeah. it um, kind of worked out pretty well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, there was just, luckily, like there was just random things that worked out when we were planning it before the trip. Like there was the, uh, the bus that went directly from Dijon all the way to Turin, which is just, Kind of yeah, we didn't really see that coming. That's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, it worked out perfect. And then from Turin, getting to Milan was just a quick train ride. And then Milan to Barcelona flying, I think, was just an hour and a half. The, flight, the flights were super cheap, like flying from um, Milan to Barcelona and then Barcelona to Madrid were really cheap. And then once we finished out in Spain, just flying back to the UK and flying into Manchester, I think that was probably the longest flight we had besides flying to Europe and back from Europe. I think that one was three hours. But then once we got to the UK, like driving, the only weird thing we did was we drove from Manchester down to Leicester and then back to Liverpool. Whereas if we were, if it worked out better, we could have just gone right from Manchester to Liverpool, which is a mm-hmm. quicker drive. Yeah. But all in all, it worked out in the Sounds end. Sounds like it worked yeah. out amazingly well. And you said you, you met yeah. up with a friend there. So is that how you guys, or do you guys rent a car? Yeah, we he actually rented the car, oh, and nice. then once we met up with him, then we used that to get around in the UK. Oh, that's awesome! The crazy, it's small world actually, because uh, my friend that I met up with there is actually a guy I played footy with when I was living in uh, Australia at uh, Adelaide University. Wow. So it was just weird how it worked out that um, he was living in London, but he was going to the United game, and since we were going to see each other at the United game, he said he would just tag along because he was he's a big Liverpool fan. And um, his uh, one of his friends lives in Leicester, so he uses the chance to go see him in Leicester and then go see his team uh, against Manchester City. So. At the hallowed grounds of Anfield. Yeah. Not to get and off topic to here, Ty, there. I forgot about the whole Australia adventure until you said that. I was just going to say, it's yeah. a country you haven't been to. Jeez, when was that? How many years ago was that? So that was, again, I'm going to be aging myself. But yeah, that was 2015. Um, I lived there for six months and then... Yeah, but I joined uh, the university team when I was living there, and then yeah. I met a bunch of people while I was living over there. And then, um, so a lot of them, a, a few of them have come over to uh, BC actually just to go to Whistler in Vancouver. That's and cool. And um, yeah, so then it was good to see him again because, yeah, time flies. And 
it does. It feels weird even saying that it was 2015, four years ago now. We're not as young as we once was. Hey, don't don't even get me started, kids. (laughs) Kids. (laughs) Let let Dad tell you a couple stories. I can tell you a few stories, Dad. (laughs) But yeah, um, I guess yeah. To finish out the details on the trip, um, yeah, the game finished three one. The atmosphere was crazy at the end. The final whistle, and everyone just went berserk, like because it was such a big game. Um, you could even argue it's probably going to be one of the biggest games of the season. Be- definitely. So, yeah. Besides to Tottenham's other, other 25 fixtures to go, but <laughs> I think the next, yeah, I the next big game will be that final game of the season that the glue was talking about the Newcastle, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool game in Newcastle. Yeah. He's hoping to go to, cause that'll Maybe be it's official when Liverpool that could the be league. the official one. It might be sooner, but mm-hmm. Be. Well, I think I think for us, I mean, as a Liverpool supporter, that that was the game everybody was looking at. Like, where are we going to stack up against City? You know, and the way that that game started, it didn't look good for us. That the first three four minutes were like, oh, we had our backs up against the wall. So, um, and then all the obviously the controversy of the handball, the double handball. I'm going to say, yeah, uh, inside the penalty area, and then transitions into that goal that you said uh, Fabinho scores. So. For, for Liverpool to take all three points away from that, um, to pull clear of City, nine points clear of City, and then you look at the table, you go, man, Leicester's in there, eight points. Chelsea's in there, eight points. Like, it's wild. Spurs are in there, 23 <laughs> points probably. Look out. Where are they, 16th? 14th. Okay, sorry. I, I don't know. I, I knew it was middle of the pack. Every number counts. Middle to lower <laughs> of the pack. Not that I'm trying to slam those uh, Spurs <laughs> team at all. I actually get up and I watch and, and I'm sure you can attest to it. I text you if something bad's happened totally. or something's going on. What did Larice do there? Yeah. 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 Where, I, where, I, where I don't really notice what's going on or I, I need some clarification from the King of Spurs <laughs> uh, who could throw it out there. Hey, listen, Ty, we're, let, let's shift gears a little bit. Fantastic trip. I, I, I couldn't even imagine sorting something like that out, you know, <laughs> 10 days, all those countries, all those games, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounded great. Um, I'm happy for you to be able to have uh, seen some, uh, some regular season games in, in all the different countries you were in. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about, of course, is, uh, is the fundraising venture that you're involved with as well. Uh, footy for Fred. Um, can you give us a little bit of a rundown again of, um, uh, what it's all about and, and the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to, um, again, I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to talk about this, um, for the second time now. Um, so yeah, the, uh, a very high level it is in, uh, in a quick summary, I guess it's just, uh, it's a Memorial tournament that we do each year in memory of my dad who passed away in early 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned before, um, I've known Dan all for, close to 10 years now. And, um, when my dad passed away, um, that was kind of the tough times that I was mentioning before. Um, this is actually his idea originally was to kind of put something together where we could get some of the guys from McHugh and some of the guys from Scottish together and play just, it started as an idea to play mm-hmm. an 11 v 11 match with, um, just some of the alumni and just kind of have it as a celebration of his life. Mm-hmm. And then, um, once I started putting the feelers out, 11 v 11 turn uh, the, the numbers for 11 v 11 kind of grew and grew and we had about 60 people that committed to coming out. So we turned it into just a four team tournament. And, um, we put that together in a week, the first year we did it. Um, like, and it was like, I was kind of, uh, in the cloud. Like I, 
had so much stuff going on that the way it came together was just kind of amazing. And, um, yeah, we had 60 people come out and we raised, um, I think probably close to $10,000 that first year. That's um, awesome. Just, yeah. Just off, um, word of mouth. So that first year was, it really helped me kind of get through what was a tough time for me and my family. Yeah. And, um, moving into the second year, um, because there was so much interest in the first year, um, we did it again, um, got a similar kind of turnout. And the second year is kind of really when I noticed that, uh, in addition to it being kind of a celebration of his life, it was a chance for people who played together five, 10 years ago on different teams or played against each other in major league or played against each other in college or university. It was kind of those faces that you kind of play against them for the years you have eligible for school soccer or the years you play in major league. You don't really see him again after that. And then you connect with all these people and you bring them out for this one night and you play soccer, but then afterwards everyone sticks around for the social and you get to catch up with people you haven't seen in five, 10 years. Yeah. So over the past, like last year we had the third one and it was kind of a similar idea. And like as we've been doing it more and more, it's, um, it's kind of cool to me how it's kind of evolved into just a chance for everyone to kind of catch up because the soccer community is so small when you're playing in it. And then when you kind of move on to the next phase of your life, like it's kind of hard to connect with those people that you re- you're seeing week after week after week. So when time goes by and you can kind of just use this as a checkpoint to kind of drop in and just kind of catch up with like some of the people you played with for years. That yeah, I find it's, that really it's cool kind of too. morphed into something even, even bigger, like you said, because a lot of the families are coming out and they're little ones. And my parents came out to the last one and saw some Scottish guys they haven't seen for a while. So yeah, it's just, it's great. It's a great event. Um, Ties, you've got some sponsors um, through some of us. Um, Ashley Fine Floors, I know, is one where Mike McCormick works. Um, the reason, you know, SPDSA is connected as well. Debbie's been gracious enough to provide some sponsorship for the the dome rental at um, at U of A, what, what started originally. So we've got them as a sponsor on a shirt too. So it's just really snowballed from there. But yeah, it's an, it's an awesome event. It's just gotten bigger and better. And there's been some awesome door prizes from signed jerseys from Asmir Begovic and, and different items as well. So it's great. Some EA Sports video games as well. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and another thought to that, uh, the dates of the one upcoming. Uh, have you guys sort of touched base and have an idea of when these dates will be? And then again, to go along with the dates, what's the venue? Uh, I know it was Scottish last year. Will it will it be the Dome again this year? Yeah, so this year it's going to be the Scottish Dome again. Um, the time frame we try to keep similar every single year. We haven't narrowed down an exact date for it yet, but it's going to fall in the same window as the past years, which is kind of that late February, early March window. So it's really okay. going to just depend on um, the availability of the Dome. Because I know they have some tournaments going on for the youth around that time. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, if I can touch base with you guys closer to the date as well with, uh, an exact date, that'd be awesome. Oh, for sure. And we'll be more than happy to throw it up on a podcast and, and try and get it up on a website as well. Ty, is there any other information you can give out in regards to where people could help, um, look into what footy for Fred's about or, um, you know, how your dad passed and, and how they can fundraise that way? Yep. Uh, we actually have, uh, GoFundMe pages up, uh, for the last three, uh, events. Um, the initial one, just to kind of get the most background, this would probably be to drop into uh, www.gofundme.com slash footy for Fred. And that's the initial one. So it's F-O-O-T-Y-F-O-R-F-R-E-D. And then that kind of gives you uh, the background on um, just my dad and um, kind of uh, the disease he had, which is called sickle cell. 
and um, just the kind of backstory on how this whole fundraiser got started and just kind of what we're donating all the funds to as well. That's awesome. And like you said, if it's a GoFundMe, yeah. it's up all year round. So no, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as always, we wish you the best of luck in, in regards to that, uh, that venture and, and the fundraising thing. Um, we're going to shift gears a little bit here and uh, touch base. We, we, <laughs> You know, we've, you've talked about your European trip and uh, you've been in the know as far as uh, a lot of the different things that have been going on around football in Europe. And uh, the latest thing that's just happened, and, and it's a, it's been sad for our friend Dano in here in regards to, uh, you know, a switch in management at Tottenham. So if you don't mind, we'll talk a couple of minutes here about uh, the sacking of, uh, of the manager at Tottenham. Pochettino. Yeah, I was, uh, it was funny. My phone, we were in the office and chatting to you and Charles, my phone just started to vibrate a lot. I'm like, okay. And kept going and I'm looking at him getting a couple of texts and WhatsApps and a couple of messages on Instagram. And someone's like, is Poch sacked? And I was like, quickly go to Google being like, instead of telling my friend, like, no, he's not going anywhere. What are you on about? And I Google it and like nothing. And then I start to see all these like text links and I'm like, man, this is happening right here, right now. So I was shocked. I like, I was in a bit of a daze for the day. Yes, um, you were. I, I got home and told Lindsay about like, Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just like, well, hold on a second. I'm like, Pochettino's been manager at Spurs for longer than we've been married. So it's going to take me at least a good day <laughs> or the week to get over this. Right. It's like, it's a little bit of a breakup. You don't have a say in it, but uh, yeah, a bit of a whirlwind, but it's uh it's very entertaining and very intriguing. Um, I'm told and it, nobody's bigger than the club, right? So it's like Spurs always. So I'm very interested to see what Mourinho is going to do for sure. So, yeah. So what are your thoughts, Ty? Mourinho's now stepping in to be the manager of Tottenham. Um, I'm happy to see that because for a little while, the rumors were that Mourinho was going to be coming into Arsenal. And <laughs> I don't know how I would have coped with that. So I'm happy for... Uh, Dano to take that on board. Yeah, so you're either in one camp or the other. Like you, you, you like him and what he's done, or you're like he's going to be a train wreck. Like he's going to defend and park the bus. Like his, gonna, his, yeah. his first time at Chelsea, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love that, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. It was fresh. It was a guy who spoke his mind a lot more than some of these managers do. And of course, they've all changed now. They all speak their mind, but. Yeah, I think that when he was at first at Chelsea, he evolved, right? He was at at, at Porto before, and he, and he came in. He won just won the Champions League, and he's transitioned into a Chelsea side where, you know, it was just kind of the start of the phase of let's throw money at players to bring all the best mm-hmm. players in, and yeah. and and yeah, it was good. It's entertaining, but I I, th- I think. I don't know. I'm like a long-term person. Like when I look at, at managers, and I maybe maybe can um, you know attest to what Ty's kind of feeling here as well too, is that you don't know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get three years maybe maybe out of him maybe maybe win a trophy here or there but it's just a roller coaster ride that he, that he's taken players and and the teams, teams on. on is yeah. it's, it's it's unbelievable you never know what you're going to get buckle up roller coaster ride yeah. let's go i mean whatever it's going to happen <laughs> we'll we'll see i miss Pochettino, yeah. but it is what it is it's interesting just how um so what do you think about the timing down timing was very strange like very strange i mean it was yeah. the international break it Tail was end the one or two days after the international break begun or started rather make the decision then to do it like on the Wednesday yeah, or whenever it was, or I think the tie in and you probably can chime in on this too, but the, the, it was the timing of it and, and just the background of how well he had done with the club, where he had taken the club and, you know, he, he had mentioned uh, you or Dano, you were talking, he had mentioned three or four years 
previous mm -hmm. that, okay, these guys, when they start getting older, we're going to need to make some changes. Oh, he, he even did that in the summer post champions league. Like he addressed it to the owners to say, Hey, these guys are running out of contract. These guys are aging out of the squad. These guys have kind of, they've heard my methods and philosophy. Like we need a new crop of new blood. Like he even, he even foresaw it happening. So, um, yeah, I think let's put it this way. Somebody made a comment that Mourinho would never have come to Spurs four or five years ago because it probably wasn't a big enough fish for him. And the fact that he is coming now and wants to take that job and probably wanted it as much as Tottenham wanted him is because of Pochettino. Like Pochettino Absolutely. transformed our club. So Ty, my question to you would be, do you think that the, um, it's less expensive, obviously to get rid of a manager, uh, than it is to switch out team players. Obviously I think from a financial sense, maybe what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess that's always the first thing people go to, right? Is when a team's underperforming, like you said. It's, I, I don't know if I want to say easier, but it is cheaper financially to replace the manager as opposed to just turning the whole team over. Um, the thing with Tottenham, though, is I know, Daniel, you mentioned that maybe they needed a refresh, but it's hard to say even coming, as a, coming from an Arsenal supporter. Like, you guys have that young talent on the team, right? Like, I think maybe they needed a fresh face in there to kind of just revitalize things but it's just it's going to be weird for me to see spurs without pochettino in the dugout um no just like he said with totally like everything that he's done yeah it's a london derby on saturday west ham spurs early game and i'm like man it's just going to be so weird like i've already seen it on instagram with Mourinho in his purple nike tottenham jacket walking around I'm like this is like this is it doesn't surreal. look right does it, it just it yeah i don't know it doesn't look right every, for me everything's new it's gonna take time i guess you know, Pochettino, I said this to D because, you know, there was conversation in the office. Is it good? Is it not good? And I just said, Pochettino's gone, unfortunately. So you have to get someone. And I guess roll the dice. It can't get worse. He's a winner. Let's try and win something. Let's see what happens. So I'm kind of excited about that. That's that's where I'm at right now. But uh, it's, a, it's a whirlwind of emotions this week. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really feel so like... Yeah, I really feel that, uh, you know, a Pochettino, you know, might be out of Spurs, but there's going to put a lot of managers on notice right now, you know, and Big time. and there's going to be there's going to be guys looking over their shoulders about, about their jobs because he won't be out of a job for long. Ty, I hear you laughing. He is not going to Arsenal. <laughs> they would have put that in the closet. He goes to Arsenal. I'm going to take up watching like pickleball or something. I'm not I'm not going to support football. I would never live it down if he went to Arsenal. It's just so interesting because, I mean, if you look at it, like I know Spurs have been kind of underperforming over the first part of the season, but if you look at the managers under pressure in the Premier League, like all signs would have pointed to Emery going before mm -hmm. Pochettino, yeah. I would imagine, right? Yeah. So and it's just weird that... I go ahead. Yeah, him and, and Silva in, in Everton as well, too, for the amount of signings that Everton had this uh, this offseason. And they're I think they're in the same kind of... almost in the relegation zone as well. But yeah, you're right, Emery and at Arsenal with, with what he has had provided to him as well. You, you would think, you know, the inconsistencies, uh, the, the in performances. Yeah. I think the yeah. thing is Ty, I've, I've read a few things. Um, and Spurs last away one was January 20th of this year. So yeah, the fall start August until now it's been very poor, but the special champions league run kind of covered up our poor league results. Cause we were almost in March and they said, Hey, could Liverpool make a title push with city and Liverpool? We lost at Burnley. Like we had terrible Premier League form for a while. I was happy to get Pochettino the rest of the year. This season's a write-off. Like let's just see what happens. So I didn't want him to go anywhere. I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. I was very shocked by it. But 
like anything, it's sports. It's the team you support. You just gotta gotta go on with it and see what happens next. So it will be it will be it's definitely entertaining though. There's a ton of buzz about Spurs, which is kind of interesting. I, I was reading that uh, Brendan Rodgers was actually approached first by by Spurs. Really, I haven't read that. Yeah, and then and then he turned it down because obviously he's yeah he's got his project at Leicester, which he's doing, killing it. Yeah, so doing well, doing well. Hey, listen, Ty, we're gonna uh, we're gonna let you go here. It's been absolutely awesome having you back on and uh we'll try and continue to do this more often thanks for your uh your insight into uh traveling europe and seeing your first matches it was a great story and a, and a great trip something that i think uh if other people in the world and in our neck of the woods can can get a chance to do it would be really worthwhile we'll definitely keep up to date in regards to the uh the fundraiser and footy for fred which will be coming up in uh, late february early march and you can touch base with us in regards to the timing of that um so yeah thanks again for for stopping by and uh yeah hopefully glad, you've had glad some you're fun. doing well sir glad you're doing well yeah thank you i just want to say thanks again for having me it's always fun coming on with you guys and um yeah hopefully we'll have some uh better news to talk about in terms of uh, mine and Daniel's clubs moving <laughs> further into the Premier League season. But the only hope. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that in mind for the next uh, episode. We'll see how things go in the weeks to come. You're uh, <laughs> listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. And we'll be right back to finish things off. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lou fast, warranty-approved oil and fluid changes. Mr. Lube. And we're back. We want to thank Ty again. Uh, of course, he's gone, but uh, hey, thanks for being here, Ty. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Hey, we've got a new guy back in the chair. We mentioned him at the beginning of the show. Here he is, Chuckles O'Toole. How you doing? Howdy-ho, neighbor. Howdy-ho. <laughs> Welcome back. It feels like you haven't been here for a while. Uh, no, it's just, I think the last couple of times he's been busy and come in for the last yeah, segments. Yeah, and. Yeah. Just a wrap up. Just the wrap. Just the wrap up. <laughs> just the wrap up. And for those who uh, have just tuned in now, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. So we've gone from talking footy from around the world and the different trips that uh, Ty was on to we're going to have a little bit of a discussion here on the game in Alberta, in particular. What do we think about player development in Alberta? In, in I've heard through some uh, other emails uh, from other areas of the game that I work with, the Rex program and things like that. Um, I've heard from some people out there who are claiming or think that it started off with just goalkeepers and the development of goalkeeping and the differences from aborted where they have that smaller box to um, the field sizes that they have at like the Scottish Dome uh, and how all their 7v7, 9v9 fields are all set up. Do you guys have any thoughts in regards to players and the differences in development for those players based on the facilities they actually play in? Any thoughts? Like going from, let's say, a boarded uh, facility to um, an outdoor. Do you think that hampers a player's development? Well, I think it's pretty obvious the the trend that everyone's trying to go, right, is new facilities, domes, obviously Scottish, got the one where they dome at the U of A, a foot field, they've got the one in Red Deer, like everything's getting away from the boards, right, because mm -hmm. they want to make the outdoor game indoor, or like you said, make it 9v9 and 7v7. So I think it's I think it's a, a no-brainer that obviously you got to go boardless. I think it's a simple one. I think development, I think it's 
it's imperative that we make sure that the kids are getting the right environment. So if we can create like environments to what the actual game is and you have facilities that replicate that with the turf and no boards, I think it's, a, I think it's an easy one. Well, I think, yeah, like the boarded thing when it first came in was, a sh- I think in essence it was a short-term solution. And it was just until, yeah, we could get these facilities in place. I'm sure there was a lot of talk occurring 15, 20 years ago yeah. that this was the route that we were going to go. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of finding the facilities, building facilities, getting the backing for it. But yeah, I agree with Daniel. Like this is definitely the trend that we have to be going and getting away from the, the boarded soccer. Yeah. yeah, It's going to develop the players so much better. It's going to catch us up with the rest of the world eventually, hopefully. It's it's funny. What do you think, D? <clears throat> Obviously, I think it's it's the best way to go is is the non boarded, but but I think it's going to be a long time before we can get away from the boarded game. Uh, it's been entrenched in in this uh, this region for more than 10, 15 some years. Some of the grassroots, you know? some of the community, yeah, the I mean, men's, the women's. You know what? It's, it's going to be very very hard with the facilities that have already been uh, built within um, within Edmonton. Uh, I feel like Edmonton alone ha- with the, the three soccer centers, just those there. That's you know twelve fields. Is um, there is there no? <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you know shoot daggers at me right now. No no not at all no not no. At all. I, but I'm but I'm saying is that there is a project that's happening at the South Side Indoor Center where they're now going to be building two more indoor soccer fields. My can these people that are building these things not have the foresight to think, great, we need more indoors. How about we put turf on the floor as a start, as opposed to yeah. that carpet stuff I agree. we put down? Yeah, put some put some proper turf in there. I, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. going well, down. No, no, I'm not by no. I, I'm, yeah. My angst isn't with anybody in the room in, yeah. in regards to Well, you guys are both that. standing up and yelling at each other. So. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. no, 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 no. Listen, I just know how passionate DW is about uh, about facilities. I know how passionate we all are about facilities and, 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 and trying to uh, push development to, away from the non-boarded game. But I just feel like just as the non-boarded facilities are starting to pop up here and there, it's going to take a very long time to change the culture of getting away from the boarded game. You know what? When it comes down to it, I really don't have a problem with the boarded game. Do I think they could adopt some different rules so it's less hockey-like and more football-like or soccer-like? Definitely. Because I think it's way too geared power plays. All like, come on, yeah, you're right. that's not football. That's not soccer. No, you're absolutely you know? right. And and beyond that, the way the ball bounces like crazy. If you turf the floors, then you could actually have more of a, a reasoning to have it be soccer related. But it's, I, it's I think a one step touches. there. You turf the floor. It's like, well, then why the need for the board? Right. I think if they're building more, but at least it's a, at least it's a, at least that's a start, right? For sure. And I've seen some of those facilities, whether it be out East or in BC. Yeah. I've seen them. Um, I think the other reason is that the adult leagues, like mm-hmm. they grew up and played this game. Mm-hmm. So rightfully mm-hmm. like, you know, Guys like me that get together with their buddies and go play men's soccer, I'm so-so on the indoor game as it is. I love the outdoor game. I'll take the indoor game. It's fun, but it's not the game for sure. But there's a lot of people that absolutely love indoor that are, you know, soccer for life, have passed their development stage. They just Mm -hmm. want to get together and play. So there's such a need to place our adult and women's leagues. Is there no room, do you think? These centers all have at least four floors 
is there no room to at least start with one of the floors, turf one of the floors? Yeah, no, that leave the other three open to see what happens. The only thing I think is that it's heavily used for ball hockey. And I said that to you the other That's day. That's why I say maybe only do one floor. Yeah. You'll have the other ones still that you can do the ball hockey with or the lacrosse. You know, there's always field lacrosse. I, I feel that the side of box. Yeah, I feel there's a way there's a, there's always a way because you should be able to take that turf up, right? Like you, that's what they do with the, the indoor centers right now when the ball hockey or floor hockey is going, they just roll the turf up and if, from when the season let's change, not call it turf, let's call it carpet, sorry, the carpet, what it is. Okay. <laughs> and they, they roll it up and, and they change to, you know, the, the multi, uh, multi-sport yeah. surface. Yeah. Um, it, they would have to. They, I think they would be able to do it. It would just be about again money. Do they want to be able to uh, storage things like that because it's a thicker product? It's they wouldn't. You know, uh, if you, if you're going to turf something, you're not going to be able to roll it up. So the then, turf has to stay. So that, then that's why I'm saying maybe instead of going yeah. with the four, you take one of the arenas and make that one turf. It's turf all year round. You book it as a turf field, training all year round in this facility. You can do it as a turf. The other three mm-hmm, continue mm-hmm. to be the carpet and then the hard floors when you need them. I feel nobody's really going down that road because they know there's you know, a sports TC, a TTC, and then obviously bigger and better with the Scottish and foot fields that no, people aren't No really one's going down that road right now because the majority of the uh, districts that use that indoor soccer center are the community. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Tier four and lower. Yeah. yeah. And they need they, all the pitches. They need all the pitches. We're talking about thousands and thousands of kids. We're not just talking about a club program that has, you know, you know, five to 1500, you know, players at a, in an elite program. We're talking about three, four, five, six thousand kids who are playing in an indoor soccer center mm-hmm. on a, on a weekly basis. And it's full, you know, and, and that's the only reason why the city of Edmonton is not funding more product, uh, you know, f- uh, projects mm-hmm. for full size facilities. Don't onboard it. Yeah. Well, the thing is too is like we got to think back. Like these are almost forty years old <laughs> since we've been playing in indoor. Like yeah. it, it really started to come in nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty two, like around those areas. Mm-hmm. I know here in Edmonton, it was I think at Harry Ainley School. I think it was it just had a a dome over tennis courts. And you played on concrete. Yeah. So going back to what you were saying, D-Dub, uh, there is some advantages to playing indoor uh, with the boarded. One, it's a tighter space, more touches in the ball for the kids. Uh, they have to think a little bit quicker, so decision-making is a little bit faster. Technique on demand has to be a little bit better, and first touch has to be a little bit better. Like I think, and I've always used indoor as technical training to get ready for outdoor yeah it's too bad or it's such a long season i just think the bounce is in it's not true to what does that rule still apply does the rule still apply does it does it phone's ringing it's buzzing i don't know i don't know if he leaves it i will leave it because i'm not hearing it you got the buzz going on we we, we, we wouldn't throw it out there but uh i only say that because last time uh your phone rang twice in a show and you didn't pick it up there were text messages no they weren't yeah they were they were text messages. No, they weren't. I'm Mr. Dean called you. Mr. Dean. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know you're correct. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, didn't pick him up. Yeah, well, you know these things happen. Hey, no problem. But um, back to the show. Back to the show. <laughs> as we digress, I, um, I we were talking. We were talking about the touches and things like that. I, I just think the touch is so unrealistic to what the game is, based on the way it bounces on the surfaces of those grounds. I. I 
I can see what you mean. And, and, and of course, tight spaces, all that sort of work should improve touch and stuff. But then you need, you need the quality of the floor to be such that it mimics the outdoor game mm-hmm. or mimics the real game. And, and that's where I think it lacks for me. Even if they came up with some kind of a different padding to go underneath it, which makes the bounce a little truer to what the game is instead of these mm-hmm. lacrosse ball-like bounces. <laughs> or would you, would you think about switching it from a regular ball to a futsal ball? But that would make a difference for sure. If, to, if there was some kind of a... I guess it really depends on the fabric of the outside of the ball too because I know there were some... There were some times here when when people will go into the Millennium facility and use a low bounce ball, but because of the material the outside of the ball was made of, it sort of stuck to the carpet part of it and made it difficult to maneuver the ball. Mm. I know there's much smoother uh, versions of balls that are available that are low bounce or or futsal esque. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be huge, a huge improvement to the game having an, a low bounce or as futsal goes, no bounce ball, which would make the technical side of the game, in particular your footwork, and it would be that much the more technique on demand. Exactly. Yeah. Then it definitely would work. Then it would definitely work. But um, you guys, you got nothing to say there, Dano? No. Just I've, check I've, your phone. No, go I've, on, go I've, with life. I've said my part. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like if we're, if we're going to get, you know, a lot more bang for what we want to put into development. We always talk, we're just talking about it. We've been talking about facilities and, Mm -hmm. and you see right now, um, everywhere pop up with a little bit of a, you know, an empty warehouse here. Oh, we're going to throw some turf down in there and we're going to turn this into a facility where we can train kids, this, this, and that. And you're seeing a lot more people grading traction, you know, sports, uh, TTC, They've now opened a second, second one. Yeah, a second one. Yeah. There's Sports TC that uh, is in the South Side as well too. You're mm-hmm. you see down in Calgary where you know they're they're going they're moving away, and you see clubs actually moving away from and trying to do their own thing um, by you know getting a, a indoor type facility, facility with turf with not turf with, not with in carpet. there. So. As the as the times go on, you, you'll see that the, there's a change. But you, in order for it, you know, in, in our neck of the woods, everything's driven from from the county. Um, we have to always work with the county and in, in in kind of trying to make sure we we maneuver to get what we we want to be able to get through it. I mean, our proposal that we put together, you know, for facilities a while back was exceptional. Um, and then we get one back, and and it's it's obviously going. We need to look at entertaining all the other sports that are out there but there's got to be a better way to do it than some of the specs that are that are out there right now with what the the county wants to do with the facility i'm, I'm sorry I- yeah you know what and, and and more power to them to to want to be able to help out and do it but i mean at, at least for our own i don't want to use the term selfish because it's but it's just within our sport and what we want to do there is a certain criteria that we need and a certain Correct. amount of space and, and, uh, an ability. If, if we want, space. if we want to develop the next best player coming out of Canada, we cannot do it with the facility that they're there, that they are proposing, uh, proposing at yeah. the County. Sorry. It would, uh, it would definitely need a little bit of a switch to what's going on. It's it, uh, by far it, it's still going to be great to have something like that in, in Sherwood park and in this neck of the woods, yeah, but for sure. 
It, um, I, I think, but the thing is going to let's just put it this way: the happen. thing is going to be just as big as a Scottish Dome, and it's not going to be able to uh, to to field a full size full sided pitch or a game. Yeah, this is a this is a topic that's going to go on for a while until we start to see some some change happening, and and much like you had talked about earlier, the whole. Um, culture and and trying to change cultures we were talking in a meeting beforehand and you had mentioned mm-hmm. that you're absolutely right i think the culture within our sport and in particular the people that we need to help support our sport that culture needs to change so there's a better understanding of a what it takes to um to build and develop those players and then b the facility that those players need to help them develop. Yeah, it's interesting. A little side story. Um, my wife has played in, in women's division right now or before Kaylin was born. Um, and there are some girls that are in grade 12 and, you know, 17, 18, just coming into the women's game. And Lindsay's just turned 30, right? So it was interesting because they had an exhibition game at Victoria. And she said, oh, I went to Victoria. It was amazing. I've never played in there, right? <laughs> Thinking where the girls growing up have always played in there. Yeah. The girls, once they got to the regular season, came on and be like, hey, how does the boarded game work? I've never played the boarded game, right? So it was like oh. a morph of two different really eras that have never played really the non-boarded 7v7, what you get to mm. you know, play on now for the youth. Yeah. And then the youth coming up to be like, whoa, how do I play this board again? Which it's cool. It's fun, but that's what it is, right? It's yeah. fun. It's, it's different, but it's, that's why I say it's more of an adult thing that you've grown up with. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a generation thing. Like it's time. almost 40 years yeah. with the boarded game. Yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's for my mind. I mean, I'm obviously coming from an area that the boarded game is non-existent. So BC boy. Yeah. And, and well, and you're, you're lucky enough, I guess. Anywhere uh, east Climate of the Rockies yeah. is going to be, you know, having to go indoor at some point to do something if they want to continue playing uh, soccer. Um, but why? Why is Alberta fell so far behind the rest of the country though? Saskatchewan. Like Saskatchewan's yeah. got five indoor facilities. Yeah, I know. And again, we've talked about this up. before. You've got uh, Quebec's got like thirty-three. Ontario's yeah. got like twenty-four indoor facilities or something close to that. And uh, Alberta's got three now. Is it three? No, uh, Red Deer's got one now, don't they? Red Deer's got one. They're going to be doing so another one down at Shouldice in Calgary. So they'll put a, be putting up a dome there that's up and down, kind of similar so to the field. So that'll be three there, two. You got Foot here and Scottish here now. So that's five in Alberta now, or there will be five. It'd be nice to have one in the in the northwest uh, port or northeast portion of this uh, community here. Shore Park? Yeah, sure. Hey, there. What, yeah, a, what a novel idea. idea. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, within the, within like a year or so, not like five years, right? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. You know, the sooner, the better would be great. But you know what? We could go on and we, we will talk about this uh, again and again uh, until we see some action. <laughs> no, that's not what we mean. But until, you know, things happen, then we can move on to another subject that the, the club needs to work with. Hey, I want to thank everybody here for this show uh, Charles for coming in. Thanks, uh, Charles. You bet. You bet. D, always well to have you here. Thank Thanks, you, buddy. Jano, fantastic. You can talk about your kids some more. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. Uh, so yeah, lots, uh, lots more coming our way. We we were hoping to go live to Facebook this live, this episode here, but uh, timing wise and uh, having a phone in guest was uh, was going to make that a little more difficult. So we. Even got my hair done for it. I don't want to prompt. Get your hair done. Okay. So next week, 
Next week's episode, we are going to try and go live to Facebook. Comments on Charles's hair. Comments on <laughs> Charles's hair. I would have grown up on that. And so remember, when you hear this podcast, you can go, wow, these guys, I'm going to check out the webpage, the SPDSA webpage, because it's going to tell us when they're going live. And you can actually chime in live and ask us questions. There it is. Whether we answer them or not is another story, but <laughs> at least you can chime in. Anyways, you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. <laughs>